0: Bon beanie everybody welcome to another episode of fantastic cruising hey Matt how you doing I'm doing pretty good how are you doing today
1: I'm doing fantastic
0: that's a good answer for this show I thought so too I'm doing fantastic as well now uh, we have some fun things to talk about today but first um, let's go over some just some housekeeping stuff thank you to everybody who has put reviews on iTunes we really appreciate that that helps us out quite a bit. Also, if anybody doesn't know, we've got the Fantastic Cruising Community over on Facebook, which we're going to talk about in just a second here because our first little mini topic comes from that directly. And then also we have Patreon. If you want to support this podcast financially, that is a way you can do it. And right now, if you join at the $10 level, you actually get a personalized piece of artwork from me every month. That's a pretty cool deal. And we're not talking stick figures here, okay? I am drawing, hand drawing, and sort of painting with, like, markers or ink, really. But uh, these postcards, I spend probably, what, at least 20, 30 minutes, sometimes two hours per per card.
1: Yeah, and that's why you're doing it and not me, because <laughs> it would be stick figures if that was the case.
0: <laughs> but seriously, thank you to all those patrons out there. And if you do want to support this podcast that is the way to do it and we do appreciate everybody who listens and supports it in any way so speaking of that we put a poll well i should say you put a poll i did on the cruising community and uh that's our first little mini topic we're going to talk about you want to tell the people out there what what we're talking about here
1: yeah so the poll is what do you do with your pets when you cruise
0: i i um i don't know i just leave them be well, I mean, that was one of the options, leave them at home <laughs> alone to fend for themselves. Look, I'm a I'm a reptile guy, and if you have a pet snake, you can leave those guys for like one or two weeks. As long as they got water, they're golden. Make sure their habitat is warm enough, you know, whatever. I mean, that, I guess good. that's
1: the easy way to go, but the average person probably has a dog or a cat or yeah, both. Yeah, that,
0: that doesn't work with dogs and cats. Nope. So what are, what are the other options that you put on this poll?
1: So um, the let's start at the top. The most, the most commonly answered option was a friend or family member stays at my house to watch them.
0: Now, that is great if you have friends and family that live nearby that are willing to stay at your house, which apparently quite a few people do based on the popularity of that answer. Yeah. It was uh, far and above the other ones.
1: Absolutely. It was like, that's apparently what people do.
0: Yeah. We are not that fortunate that we have people that can stay over at our apartment. No. But what what are some other options?
1: Um, So the next one was I take them to a friend or family member.
0: And that's kind of, uh, that's another good option. Now, we kind of did that with Griffin, and Alyssa. We, we did. We had a little doggy swap. But, uh, you know, we're busy, they're busy. Sometimes that doesn't work out. Yeah, if I, you have I used to
1: do that when I lived near family.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's... Last week, we talked about the advantages of living in Florida. The disadvantages are if you're not from Florida originally, then you may not have a lot of family in that area that you can um, say, hey, will you, uh, will you babysit my, my kitty for a week? Yeah. What are some other options on there?
1: Um, so the next one we have is I have no pets because I cruise
0: too much. That's the goal I'm trying to reach. No pets? Is cruising so much that pets become completely impractical.
1: I'd hate to give up a pet, though.
0: I'm not saying give one up. I'm just saying at some point, you know, you, you might find yourself pet free and you have the choice of adding more pets or not. And if, if part of the deciding factor was I can't add another pet because I cruise way too much, that doesn't sound so bad to me.
1: It does sound pretty good, but you know, Matt, we just got this baby snake and this snake is going to live for a really <laughs> long time. Okay.
0: But snakes are easy because like I said, you can leave them at home and uh, and they're easy to transport. Like we do have friends that I'm sure would babysit the snake for us because that's like, you know, if you're babysitting a dog, you got to like take it out two, three times a day. You got to feed it. If you're babysitting a cat, you know, you got to clean the litter box. If you're babysitting a snake... You just look at it every five days, and maybe you feed it once, and that's it.
1: Yeah, but but Zilly is Zilly's small right now. When she gets bigger, people might not want to look at her.
0: How could you say such a thing?
1: Well, I mean, who's? are people really going to want to come over and sit that large snake? I mean, I guess I would do it. Well, we take her to them. Somebody's going to let us take our ginormous snake yeah. and cage to their house. Yeah, absolutely. How are we going to transport that?
0: I mean, it's pretty easy. Well, you, really, you could just have somebody come over like one time. If, say we're on a two-week cruise, we just have them come over maybe once or twice that whole time and just check in on them. toss it a rat. Check in on her. Ch- toss it a rat.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyways, next if you have option a pet
0: rat that could be a way to solve that. Never mind.
1: Matt.
0: <laughs> I do I do like rats, actually, but so does Zilly. <laughs> right now, she just likes mice. Anyway, yeah, so uh, what, what else is on the list?
1: So the next one is I take them to a pet hotel.
0: A pet hotel, like a three-star, five-star, four-star? It depends
1: on which one you go to. Okay. I, I used to work at a pet hotel.
0: Now, is there, are there pet motels and pet hotels, or are they all hotels?
1: I'd say they're probably all hotels. <laughs> I don't think it matters. Is that the same as a kennel? <laughs> It's basically a boarding kennel place. It's
0: just a euphemism for kennel? Yeah,
1: it just sounds okay. better. Okay, all right, that's fair.
0: That's fair. Any any other options on there?
1: Yeah, we have, um, I use a service like Rover or Pet Sitter.
0: Ah, and that's what, that's what I put, because that's, that's what we do with Reno. That's
1: what we do with Reno, most yeah. Most of the time. Pretty much all the time. And
0: you have, yeah. tell, tell us about how Rover works, because maybe there are people out there that take their pet to a, a pet quote-unquote hotel, um, and that probably costs more than taking your animal to Rover. So, I don't know, is Rover just for dogs?
1: Rover is, I don't think it's just for dogs. Um, but, but, I mean, so based
0: on the name Rover, I, I'd say that's their target audiences.
1: Yeah, so it kind of depends. So, Rover, I'd say, is, is a similar idea of, like, Uber. Um, so, different people can sign up to do Rover. Oh, I thought so. you were going to
0: say dogs are going to drive around and pick me up. Because I'm not down with that. I've I said, seen, I I've seen a... Reno Drive. It's not.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah so so basically it's, it's an app that you can get. Um, and you can search for people that do pet sitting. So people sign up to do pet sitting through Rover. They can set their price. They can set what they do. Um, they can set what they require. Um, what they'll allow, what they won't allow. All that fun stuff. Yeah, so basically... When I first moved down here and I went on vacations or needed to go out of town and I didn't have anybody to watch Reno, I um I turned to Rover.
0: You turned to Rover. I did. So what what is the advantage of Rover over the hotel?
1: So Rover is great because I can take Reno to somebody's house and I know that that person is going to be with him. He's not going to be caged all the time. He can go outside and potty and play with his friends whenever he wants. And he's not just sitting in a cold concrete cage.
0: Now, how do you know if you contact somebody on Rover that you're not going to get Norman Bates, you know, who Norman Bates is? Yes, I do. A- and end up with like a taxidermy dog when you get back that he talks to you like it's his own so mom. So
1: most of the sitters will require a meet and greet first. So um, the the person that I actually use now, I've been using for for two or three years now, um, which I, I still book him through Rover. Um, we're going out of town this weekend, and I just actually booked him again. Um, but she's great. Before, before Reno went to stay with her, he... You know, we we met. She has a couple dogs. I brought Reno over. Everything seemed great. Reno's still alive. (laughs) So we're doing all right.
0: Okay, so so Rover is a good option if you don't have friends and family that can that you can take your animal to or that can that can come to your house and take care of your animals for you. um, Then that's that's maybe a good option. Let us know, fantasticcruising at gmail dot com, or go ahead and chime in on the poll. The poll's been up for a little bit, and let us know what you do with your pets. Do you, you know, if you have pets, how do you handle when you're going on a cruise? Or do you just bring them with you? There, there are. I think there are. Um, I know that you can take service animals onto cruise lines, like, but they're much stricter, like than than some places where it's like you just say it's a service animal and they just get on. And they just they're, probably
1: like crazy paperwork requirements. And there's, stuff. Some, I
0: think there's some paperwork. I'm, not, I'm not sure. I mean, I've never done it, but I, I also think there's a, maybe I've heard of a cruise ship that has a place for like dogs and cats, but I don't, I don't think it's like a normal kind of cruise line huh. thing or anything. I don't know. If anybody knows about that, let us know that too. Fantasticcruising at gmail dot com, and we'll read your email in the next episode and talk about it. Cool. Yeah. All right, so moving on, um, this is what we wanted to talk about this week. We wanted to talk about reasons why maybe cruising isn't great. Like, what, what are some things that kind of stink about cruising? And so this, we tried to come up with a list of different ideas, things that are sort of annoying, things that are frustrating, things that um, we just don't like about cruising. So we're going to go over those lists right now and uh you want to you want to start off with one of them
1: i'm gonna start with number one um which is kind of an obvious disembarkation they're making me get off the ship i don't like cruising because i have to stop cruising
0: (laughs) i mean yeah i don't i don't ever want to get off the ship i don't not not like cruising let me take that
1: back yeah i know i know
0: (laughs) Yeah, but but that is that is maybe the biggest bummer. I don't know how you solve that problem unless you just live on a cruise ship, and uh, I can't afford to do that. But um, yeah, I, that that is kind of a bummer of cruising. And, and not only is it a bummer when it happens, but it can also kind of be a bummer like the the day before. You know, you're getting close. If you're on Carnival, they give you the dreaded towel heart, and uh, and. You know, you get the you get the things in your room saying that you have to get your you know your luggage tags. You get got to get your stuff packed up. They used to give you the the um, slips to fill out for customs. That doesn't really happen. I don't think mm-hmm. anymore. But yeah, that's that's definitely that's definitely a bummer when it comes yeah. to cruising. What do you have, Matt? Now here's one of my pet peeves with cruising. If you cruise on the same one or two cruise lines all the time. You will find that your selection of food tends to get a little bit mundane, a little bit boring. You know, I've cruised mostly on Carnival, especially lately I've cruised mostly on Carnival, and I I look at the menu, doesn't matter which ship I'm on, it's the same menu, like the same items. Now, yeah, there are a lot of items to choose from, but maybe there's five main entrees or something like that. There's probably only one or two look good to me probably only one most of the time looks really good and I've had it before. Now I'm not saying that I don't like the food in like the main dining room or the buffet. I'm just saying can we switch it up a little bit? Can we get different menus like seasonally? Can we get different menus on different ships? I mean we're talking about a few years at least of the same menu items and maybe they change one thing here or there, you know it's a huge deal, Carnival changed like their brunch menu or something. But I just want I want some variety. And it's the same, I know, with Royal Caribbean, because I've heard people complaining about it on Royal Caribbean. John Klaikowski was talking about that. Griffin Alyssa talking about that. It's just, come on. There are those of us out there that like to cruise a lot. We need some variety.
1: I agree. But I do have one question about that. Yeah. So speaking of seasonal options or whatever, so I've actually only ever cruised in the fall, like October, November time. And one thing that they've always had is like a pumpkin soup. Do they have that in the spring too?
0: I think I've seen that in the spring. Now there, okay. now there are sometimes like things that you'll find in different ports. They'll have a port menu, yeah. Or they may, they will do. Especially if it's like near a holiday, sometimes they will have a, a special like holiday item or something. So they, so that does give it a little bit of of a diverse menu, but not much. Okay. It ain't much. All yeah. right. Not too much at all.
1: All right. So my next one is kind of... Every ship has to do it. I think some ships could do it better. But it's the mustard drill.
0: The mustard drill. Yeah. Do you like Dijon, honey, uh, spicy, brown? I'm
1: partial to honey.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, the mustard drill, it's it's no fun, right?
1: It's... I feel like it's kind of pointless. Like, I get it. They have to do it. But... I, I feel like they could do it better. Like there's some yeah. ships that I've been on that I'm like, okay, if something actually happens, happens. I might be able to, to figure out how to get onto this boat thing. But um, there's some that I'm just standing there and I'm like, I don't understand why I'm standing here now.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I think you're right. Cause you know, I know they are legally obligated to do that. So we're I mean, we're kind of tongue in cheek picking on the cruise lines here in some respects. But uh, muster drill is not it's not a choice. It's mandatory. But maybe there is a better way. Like, for example, maybe there's something that people could watch on the TV screen in their stateroom. And then they'd have to probably check something or sign something or so- something that, that just verifies that they actually did witness this this whole procedure but the the thing i i notice is like you're at the mustard drill and if it's one of those areas where you're like all lined up in these rows of people standing on like the the side rail it's hot it's it's crowded there's always some little kid like coughing his head off at the beginning of the cruise and i'm like if i get sick i'm coming after that little kid but I'm not thinking about what's going on. I'm not paying attention. Like, yeah, I I do notice where I am, but there's got to be a better way. And maybe they're restricted by like Coast Guard regulations or something. Maybe their Coast Guard's like, you have to do it this way. But I just feel like, I just feel like there's some room for innovation there. That would be better not only for the experience but also would actually do a better job of educating people on the safety protocols that they need to know about, which is why the muster drill is important to begin with.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, if if I was on some of those ships and something actually happened, it would have been a disaster. We would all would have gone down with the ship.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, because I always know where my muster drill is. I do, I do get that from the muster drill. Like... I would be good if they were just like, go find your muster drill. Touch this button and, you know, or go sign in at your muster drill and uh, and you're good. Like, I, that would be enough for me. If something was happening, I would know where my muster drill your is. Your
1: sense of direction is awful. How can you not, do that?
0: No, that's not true. It's only true in certain situations. Like, if I'm with somebody, my sense of direction is terrible. Like, if I'm driving or something like that. But on the ship, I... I can get around on the ship And if I'm by myself I know where it is So all I have to do is Is make sure I'm paying attention Okay That's where I get lost Like That's the key Like if we're driving somewhere And and I'm talking I I have no idea where I just drove Other than Perfect Where where you or Google told me to turn here Or turn there But if I'm like Focused I can I can get it Okay What are you trying to say?
1: I Nothing I'm not saying anything (sighs) What's next?
0: All right, so we talked about this a little bit last week with Spencer, but this is one of my biggest pet peeves of cruising and it is smoke. Yeah. Cigarette smoke.
1: I I I agree.
0: I don't mind pipe smoke or cigar smoke that much, but that's that's not something I run into too often. I know that bothers some people. I don't mind the e-cigarette vape. Sometimes that smells really good, but cigarette smoke is is annoying it's it's not very healthy. And look, like Spencer said last week, I'm not judging anybody. I mean, if you smoke, that's fine. I just think that there's just they put these smoking areas on a lot of these ships in areas that you can't avoid. Like the casino is often so smoky that I can't sit in there. Like I, I don't wanna be in there. And then if you're on like a fantasy class ship for carnival, the whole like bar area around that where they do a lot of their trivias and stuff, it smells like like smoke. Or you got to walk through the casino on some ships to get to the back of the ship. Now, there's some that handle this better than others, and, uh, and it's not as much of an issue. But, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I know they tried to ban smoking on the Carnival Paradise when it came out. You can still see the embossed no smoking sign on the side of that ship that's been painted over. <laughs> didn't work out, didn't go well. And I get it like if you smoke, you can't go a whole cruise without smoking, like I get it, but um I don't know it's 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 still it's still annoying for for those of us that that don't smoke and are are kind of bothered by the cigarette smoke. I'm just saying maybe they can be a little more thoughtful in where they place these smoking areas so that if you don't smoke, you don't have to go through it or be exposed to it as much, I agree, yeah, yeah.
1: So the next one I have is that the hot tubs are not always hot.
0: Well, then they wouldn't be a hot tub, would they?
1: I know that's the problem. They <laughs> advertise them as hot tubs.
0: They do not warm tubs, not cold tubs. Right. So I've had this problem. You've you've had this problem. Mm-hmm. What it, tell us about your issue when you had problems with the with the cold tubs?
1: Yeah. So mine was actually on my cruise in January. And it was already like a chilly cruise. Um, not, you went to South America? Not too chilly. Oh, okay. Just tasty. No, not that, not that kind of <laughs> chilly either. No, it was, it was kind of cold. And I didn't want to be on the decks because the wind was blowing and it was cold. So I was like, this is great. I'll get into a hot tub and then I can be on the deck and look at the water and not be cold. It didn't work.
0: Yeah, that, that is terrible. I don't I don't get that. And and, and if it was just had that just happened to you once, I would be like, well, it's probably an anomaly, something going on. But look, there's more than one hot tub on the ship, and they're in very different locations. They're not all using the same heater. Yeah. And I had the same experience on the very first time I rode on the Car- Carnival Vista, which at that time was a very very new ship, and it was in December. It wasn't as cold as what you were saying because we went further south. But still, that entire five—I think it was a five-night cruise. That entire five-night cruise, every single hot tub on the ship wasn't even warm. Like, they weren't even trying. It was straight-up cold water. And I I don't get it. I don't understand. The last time I went on the Vista, it was fine. They had fixed it. But it was still just warm. It still wasn't hot. Like, can we have a hot tub?
1: Yeah. Like, if I'm going to get in a hot tub— I want to like, I want to burn my skin.
0: Well, here's, here's a little side tip for you. If, you. if you are partial to hot tubs, but you don't like all the crowded people in the hot tubs, what you do is you wait till after that first like sea day or port day when, uh, when all the people get sunburned and then they don't want to go anywhere near the hot tub oh. and then you just soak on in there and everybody else is avoiding it. You just have to keep from being sunburned yourself. That's, okay. That's the trick I'll there. I'll just
1: use some sunscreen. So
0: that, right, or or wear a little rash guard or something like yeah, that. Yeah, just
1: cover my body. It's
0: a good. It's a good tip. Now speaking of ports, that's my next pet peeve here, is I want more time in them. I'm tired of this going to a port for five hours, get off the ship, and then you got to get back on the ship, and then I don't want to be a peer runner. I don't want to get left behind. So I'm like allowing like some time. At the end, it limits what you can do excursion-wise. It it's got you thinking about it the whole time. Oh, I got it. When do I got to get back to the ship? When's the ship gonna leave? I don't want to miss the ship. So there's gonna be a long line. Everybody's getting on the ship at the same time, so you get these long lines getting back on the ship. Give us some more time in the ports. So then, just go on a vacation instead of a cruise. No, I still I still want the experience of being on the ship. I still want the experience of visiting multiple locations. But look, instead of instead of having Four ports, gimme two and gimme An overnight. Overnight there. I agree. That'd be cool. All
1: right. Let's see what else we've got. The pizza's too slow.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't know I don't know if Tommy Casabona is gonna listen to this episode from Always Be Booked, but he's got a conspiracy theory. I've talked about it before and I, I agree with him. I think that they do it on purpose, just to just to regulate that line so they're not serving too many pizzas. Pizza's always slow. Doesn't matter when you go. Yeah. Three in the morning, slow. Two in the afternoon, slow. And, it's, it, it's and slow. it always
1: takes them like forever if they're in the back. You stand there for like 10 minutes before they come out. Yeah. And then once they're out there, they take like two or three orders. And then it's another 15 minutes before the
0: pizza's done. And then you're waiting in this long line and they're giving everybody like a whole pizza. How about just giving people slices if it takes you so long to make a pizza? And then, you know, somebody could order multiple slices. But I don't need a whole flipping pizza every time I go up there. Like, I'm good with a slice sometimes. I got all the food I could possibly eat at this buffet and, uh, yeah, and, and this is not just a carnival thing. This is, this is an experience that, that I've had and other people have had on several different cruise lines. So, I don't know. I, let us know. Is it, is it a conspiracy? Is it just uh, the, way, the way the dough bounces? cruising at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about that. And, uh, and, and let me tell you another thing here. I am tired of being limited to the non-alcoholic beverages that I can bring on board. You can bring 12 cans on board. Cans only, okay, for start, and only 12 of them. Non-alcoholic. I don't have any problem with them allowing you to only bring one bottle of wine. I get it. That's where they make their money from the alcohol. I'm happy to do that. If you drink that much, get the drink package and and whatnot. But non-alcoholic drinks like soda, they're not making that much money off those. People aren't getting those unless they're mixed with alcohol, except for people like me who have Coke Zero addictions. And now, now you got Carnival is cutting Coke, and they're going with Pepsi. Oh, that's right! I yeah. forgot about that. So now I'm going to have what a Roman Pepsi. That's I, I don't know, but but even even so, when that first happened, I was like, no worries, because I can bring my own Coke Zero or whatever I want to drink on board with me. But I can only bring twelve, and if I'm going on a seven night cruise, twelve ain't enough.
1: Yeah, that's like less than three a day.
0: Right, and for me, that ain't gonna that ain't gonna cut it. I need, I need my Coke Zero fix. So, yeah. So, let it, look, I don't care if you want to go with Pepsi. Go with Pepsi. That's fine. But give me the opportunity to bring the drinks I like on board and enough of them to last the entire cruise. That's I all agree. I'm saying.
1: That's all, all right. I'm saying. All right. I got you. <laughs> I mean, I can't fix it, but I got you. <laughs> all right. So, I've got the spa costs too much.
0: The spa costs too much.
1: Yeah, like... I don't know. If I'm going to go on a cruise, I want to relax, maybe get a massage. But I can't because all of the money that I save to like spend in ports and on extra stuff, it would be just all go to the spa. I
0: don't know if you hear any squeaking behind us, but every time we record this podcast, Reno decides to play with every squeaky toy in the house. So if you do hear that, that's what it is. (laughs) Good job,
1: Reno. what, what, What
0: were you saying now? Sorry, spas. I was
1: I was just really distracted.
0: <laughs> yes, I know. So so spas, spas yeah, you, so you said basically, they're expensive. Yeah, so
1: a spa is like so yeah, to go like get a massage or something. You've got like, you know, 200 plus dollars and I could be spending that money on an excursion or something in a port.
0: Right. Yeah, so if if you go get a like a massage or something on land, And I don't mean like at one of the ports on land because you can get really good deals. But then you're like on the beach. Everybody can see you. I don't know. Some people don't mind, but it's not me. But anyway, if you go to like a Massage Envy or one of those places, you're paying probably what, half the price or something like that. Now, I'm speaking like I know. I've only gotten one massage ever in my life and it was just awkward and weird. But, um, but, you know, I, I know people are into that and it's a shame that it's so expensive on the cruise. Like... I get it. You're at a theme park, you're on a cruise. Some things are going to be a little bit more pricey, but that much more pricey? Does it does it need to be that? And and I also know that all those spas are owned by the same company that and they're on all the different cruise lines. It's one company. So they're they're not actually directly owned by the cruise line. They just kind of lease the space out. I don't know. There's been some customer service issues I've heard about in the past. So they need to I don't know why I don't know why the cruise lines can't just get their own spa and then they could control that a little bit better and maybe give you better value with the spa.
1: Yeah, I just I just struggle with that. Like I feel I feel like the spa is supposed to be something to give you like that extra relaxation and I just can't afford it.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. All right, let me just uh, recount a story that happened to me on a cruise.
1: Tell me about it.
0: So, I know you haven't watched Game of Thrones, which we need to fix that. And okay. uh but but here's the thing. It was a Game of Thrones trivia. All right. So Game of Thrones was in, in the height of its popularity when I was at this. and, um, and, and there was a few of us there. Uh, my friend Charlie was there as Game of Thrones fan. So so we felt like we had a pretty good shot, you know? So we're going through all the questions. We're doing okay. We're holding our own. and uh, get to the end and there's and the person that wins, it wasn't us, all right? It was this, It was this young lady. And uh, it turns out, turns out that somebody busted her. She cheated. She was writing the answers in while they were giving them. Because on Carnival, they let you grade your own paper. Right. And and on Royal Caribbean, they don't do that. But all you win on Royal Caribbean is a lousy keychain. On Carnival, you win the the you know the highly sought after the, ship yeah on a stick. The,
1: the coveted ship on a stick. So
0: so here's the, here's the thing. Okay. Well, first of all, it was kind of funny because the uh, the MC kind of called this person out, but gave them a medal. They gave they got a medal, like a participation you got medal. Not a medal for cheating. For cheating. That's what we do. We reward cheaters. Now the funny part was that if you're familiar with Game of Thrones, everybody that was sitting around started going, Shame, shame, shame. Now if you haven't seen the show that won't make any sense to you, but if you have, you'll know exactly what was going on right there. Yeah, she got a participation medal, and I thought this is this is just stupid. So here's my recommendation, okay? Carnival. Start making people train papers. And I know it's just a ship on a stick, but you know what? We want those ships on a stick. I can't tell you how many times I have been one off from winning a ship on a stick in trivia. And I don't know if the people were cheating. I don't know. Here's my other suggestion Other cruise lines. Royal Caribbean, Norwegian, get us a prize that we care about, not a stupid keychain. Like, come on! I know it's a ship on a stick; it's a piece of plastic painted with like gold paint. But people love those things. A keychain is a keychain. You know, I can buy that in the gift store or something. So they need to they need to increase their rewards, or uh, or Carnival needs to change their their tactics. I agree. All right, there's my there's my rant. What's what's the next one you got?
1: Um, I've got the rooms not ready when you get on the ship, so I have to carry everything around.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of not fun.
1: I mean, I understand they've got to clean the rooms from the people that got off that morning, but. I don't want to carry my stuff around.
0: Now, do you check your luggage, or do you check some of it, or what do you do?
1: So I check my suitcase, but I always have a carry-on, which of course then includes my bottle of wine and my 12-pack of soda, so it's just not convenient.
0: It's it's a lot of weight. Yeah. If it was just like, like I bring a tech bag, that's my carry-on. I have my soda, that's my carry-on. Um, I don't usually bring a bottle of wine, but... Um, but yeah, that's a lot to haul around and it's awkward. And of course everybody else has air carry on. So you're like bumping into people. Everybody's frustrated. It's, it's no good. Like you said, they got to get the rooms ready from the morning. You can get like faster the fun or when you get certain statuses, we're doing the key on the billions of the seas to help us kind of alleviate that. But, but for the average cruiser that doesn't do that, they're stuck with that situation. There's gotta be a better way. Like, like have some sort of Way that people can just drop their luggage off. I don't know. It's annoying. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I don't know. Here's another pet peeve I have. And I think a lot of people are going to relate to this one. People out there, you don't know how to use an elevator. You don't know how to use an elevator. You don't understand how they work. And you just don't have courtesy. Now, I know that's nobody that listens to this podcast.
1: Nope, you guys are all perfect.
0: <laughs> and I've never committed any infringement of any of these myself.
1: Nope, you are also perfect.
0: <laughs> but I can't tell you how many times I am waiting for an elevator and uh, and the elevator doors open and people start rushing on. There's people on there that got to get off the elevator. Let them get off the elevator. They rush on the elevator, then they're squeezing through or... I'm in the back of the elevator and there's a bunch of people in front of me and I'm at my floor and they don't want to step off the elevator for a second to let me out. They're just trying to squeeze in this elevator that's supposedly can suit like 19 people and we've got seven and you can't even breathe and they're just, they're just barely moving an inch. Just, just step off the thing, relax, you're on vacation, step off, let the people go and then come back in. And also... If somebody's waiting for an elevator and you see them waiting for an elevator and you walk up and it dings, don't jump in front of those people and get on the elevator they've been waiting for. I've been waiting on an elevator for like five minutes and all of a sudden it opens up and here here comes some Yahoo out of my left field and they just jump on the elevator in front of me. I'm like, thanks. I wasn't sitting here for the last five minutes. Enjoy your elevator ride. So
1: lucky for you, I'm a stairs person, so we're not gonna have to worry about that. <laughs> we're gonna take the stairs everywhere.
0: Well, now I am all for that. I don't mind a little bit of stairs action. Uh, but if I'm cruising with like my mom, okay, my mom and and especially like she had just she was needing knee surgery last time we cruised. She wasn't doing stairs. Okay, I get that Not one. Not very well. But if
1: you're just with me, we're using the stairs. Okay,
0: well, that's good because we can burn off some of that pizza that we waited so long for. Absolutely. All right, what what else have we got here?
1: Um. So, risk of illness.
0: Oh, yeah, that yeah. sickens me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so, you know, one person gets on the ship sick and 2,000 people get off the ship sick.
0: Yeah, now look. I know the cruise lines do everything they can to combat this, you know, washy washy and all that stuff. And they got the wash your hands videos on Royal Caribbean, and they got hand sanitizers everywhere. It's up to it's up to us cruisers though. It's up to us. And uh, you know, if you're in the buffet and you got to sneeze or something, cover your mouth. Leave leave the room. You know, like don't. I see people picking up food with their hands. I see people like doing all kinds of gross stuff.
1: That makes me want to go put on hand sanitizer right now.
0: Right? It's disgusting. And look, there's there's no way around it. You put a bunch of people into a small confined area and guess what? Your chances of getting sick go up dramatically. But I've never gotten sick on a cruise ship. Have you ever gotten sick on a cruise ship? Nope. I mean, I I think most of the time that doesn't happen. So I don't want to scare people out there with that, but it is, it is a, a kind of... Stinky thing about cruising
1: I use those hand sanitizer stations Like it's my job
0: Oh yeah yeah. Every time I see one Every
1: single time
0: And I try and wash my hands too Especially before I eat I try to remember not to touch my face with my hands You know Because you you never know You never know what's going on And I'll tell you One of the ways that those germs spread More than others Is from children Unsupervised children Well it could be even supervised children But children Look I work with kids I mean, I obviously like kids because I teach kids. That's like my job. But when I'm on a cruise ship, you need to keep your kids under control. I don't need your kids running over while I'm playing miniature golf and they're jumping on the green that I'm on. No. Kicking my golf ball? No. That ain't cool. I don't need your kids knocking on my stateroom door in the middle of the night and laughing as they run down the hallway. I don't need it. I don't need your kids playing in the hot tub like it's the stupid kiddie pool. All right? Keep them on Keep them keep on a leash. I don't care. Take them to Rover. Get him out of my way. I didn't pay all this money to come on a cruise to babysit your kids. Take care of your children.
1: Ooh, Matt. Matt does not want your child to mess up his cruise. That's
0: right. Look, I do camps. I've been doing, like, camps for years with kids. I know. I understand. I understand how kids are. I know what they're like. OK, they're sweet
1: baby angels.
0: They, absolutely. Absolutely. But you got to you got to use a little control. Look, not just for my convenience, but also for their safety. I agree. I mean, if, if you if you don't think that if you think it's like, uh, you know, whatever, you don't like kids, suck it up. It's their safety, too. OK, so
1: because keep, Matt will beat them. No,
0: crunch. I'm just kidding. No, I won't do that. I won't, Matt won't do that. I won't do that. I will not in front of anyone. But also, you know, the ki- I see the ki- <laughs> I see the kids doing things that are really gross. I mean, they're kids, so by nature they're gross. Look, every time I teach camp, I'm like trying to autoclave myself because I know that there's a good chance I'm going to get sick from teaching the- these camps and being around all these kids and their snot running out of their nose and they're coughing and they're sneezing and they're all these things. They're kids. I know, I get it. But you know what? Try and try and teach your kids to wash their hands. Teach your kids Good manners. Teach them not to pick their nose and wipe it on the handrail. That's all I'm saying.
1: All right. <laughs> so next, all the photo stops. Yo. Like Like the ones that they have every night along the hallways, that's cool. I kind of enjoy doing those. But like when you're trying to get off the ship and they've got everybody stopping at that railing to get that photo in front of like the little thing that they've got there, it's too much.
0: Yeah, and, and if you if I find out that I've been sitting in a line for 20 minutes and the main reason I've been sitting in line is because they're stopping every single group of people to take their picture on the gangplank to get off the ship, I am not happy about that. Because nobody's going to buy that photo. Nobody's going to buy that. And not only that, but most people don't even want that. Set up the station off to the side. I'm not saying don't take pictures. I'm saying do it in a way that is isn't inconveniencing the entire cruise ship. And when you get on the ship, I don't need a picture taken. I don't necessarily want a picture taken. Sometimes I do, if I'm with a group of people, sometimes we want to take it. You know what, set it up so if we want that, we can take that option. But if we don't want it, we don't have to feel like we're uh, upsetting somebody to get through or breaking a rule to get through without a picture. Oh, come over here. Take a picture. No, I don't want a picture. No, you got to get a picture. No, leave me alone. I don't want a picture. I'm not going to buy a picture. Stop taking pictures of me, printing them on paper, wasting all that stuff.
1: I don't Matt, know. Matt really hates cruising, it sounds like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's not true. And I'll prove it by the last point that I'm going to make. One of the worst things about cruising, one of the most annoying things about cruising, is the cruise blues. The cruise blues... Are, are real. Blue
1: Cruise. <laughs> you made me so sad and cry. Okay. I, I don't know. You said blues. blues. Anyways. Any, <laughs> anyway,
0: the cruise blues are horrible. And it's been over 300 days since I've been on a cruise ship.
1: It's been more than that for me.
0: The blues are real. the blues are a struggle and I'm feeling them. And when you get off that ship, they are really harsh for for the first little while after after you get off that cruise. and it makes cruising really rough because um, unless you can afford to cruise all the time and like more than even even doing two or three cruises a year, I'm going to feel cruise blues. Oh yeah. I mean, unless I'm cruising, maybe if I could cruise once a month, I would avoid the cruise blues cuz I'd be like, "Okay, I got another one coming up in like 3 weeks."
1: I think even every other month, I could I could make it work.
0: I mean, it would help, but I need every month. I think I need every month to just eliminate the cruise blues completely. I need it I need a, like a, a like 12 cruises a year.
1: Okay. <laughs> when you can afford that? <laughs>
0: If I can afford 12 cruises a year, I have no excuse to be blue about anything. (laughs) That's for sure. So there you have it. Those are the reasons why you should never cruise again. Just stop cruising. Don't listen to this podcast anymore. Obviously, I'm being completely serious right now.
1: No, he's not.
0: (laughs) No, look, a lot of these things are, are just minor inconveniences, things you have to deal with. But we thought it'd be fun to kind of... Take a look at them, poke a little fun at them, and let us know, fantasticcruising@gmail.com at gmail.com, what annoys you about cruising? Now, speaking of emails, we did get one from Elizabeth this week, and she wanted to comment on our episode about gifts for cruisers. She had one she wanted to add. What'd she have to say?
1: Yeah, so she said, Hi, Matt and Kimbra. Something to add to your list of gifts for the cruiser is a Turkish towel. They're very lightweight, so you can roll them up and easily fit them in a day pack or dive bag. And they're absorbent and super quick drying. Ever since I discovered these awesome towels, I bring them on cruises to take off the ship at port. They are so much easier to carry than the thick cruise towels that always seem to stay wet and take up way too much room in your day pack. Here is the link to my favorite ones. So she provided a link. Nice. Um, They come in tons tons of colors, too. So I did click on that link. Um, and there's like 27 colors, and they're like about 23 dollars. So that's pretty cool.
0: I like that, and I like that they dry fast. So they're they're lighter, they're easier to carry. And if you happen to lose it, then oh, I guess you're still at 20 bucks. But I was gonna say, like, if you lose the carnival towel, then they charge you for that. But uh, I guess if you lose a towel, you lose a towel. You're at twenty twenty dollars. But, yeah, that, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. I, I we, we may have to get one of those. Yeah, so two. she's
1: got one more line, Matt. Are you okay. ready for this? Also want to mention that I'm enjoying your new podcast. Thanks for the great information Aww. and entertainment. Cheers, Elizabeth.
0: Oh, well, thank you, yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Thank you.
0: Yeah, we really appreciate any kind of feedback you guys give us or comments that you give us. Please send us your emails, fantasticcruising at gmail.com, and uh, we'll share what you have to say. Right here on the Fantastic Cruising Podcast.
1: Absolutely. Maybe we can post that link that she provided for that towel so others can see it too.
0: Yeah, we should do that. We'll put it on Facebook. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. And let us know if you buy one then in the the comments for that. Yeah. Maybe we'll say that. Maybe we'll get one too. Yeah. Very, very cool. All right. Now, here's another thing I wanted to comment on. One of our listeners, and he's been a longtime listener and... Watcher of videos for the cruise geeks and now fantastic cruising and fantastic studios is Ian and Ian is over in Oz, Australia for those of you that don't know and Ian like myself is a snorkeler He's a big fan of snorkeling. He's also a big fan of the Sony FDRX 3000 camera, which I use although I did just recently get a GoPro 8 from somebody very special and uh, and Ian has been snorkeling in different places He's posted some videos. Most recently, it was in Alaska. Ooh,
1: that sounds cold.
0: It is cold. I thought you were going to say it sounds cool, and I was going to go, yes, it is. Oh, because... let's
1: let's try again. Ooh, that sounds cool. There you
0: go. There you go. Good job. Now, he. Um, let me just tell you, I'm going to put a link to his YouTube channel, which is The Uber Cruisers in the show notes. So go and check out all of his videos, because he's got a lot of other vlogs up too, and some really good snorkeling in places that you don't normally see, like he's got one in Fiji, he's got one in Japan, and really, really good stuff there. And what I really love about Ian's videos is he will put the name of the species of animal he sees, the common name, and the scientific name. So, I mean, for the, for the animal geeks like me, like, that's huge. Like, that's really awesome that, that you do that. Again, really appreciate it. But check out this Alaska video because it's, you know, people talk about cruising in Alaska. And sometimes when I talk about, like, you know, kind of teeter-tottering on whether I want to go to Alaska on a cruise – people are like, well, you can't do anything underwater, but you can. And I've had other people tell me this too. You know, hey, you can snorkel in Alaska. Well, this is actually a video showing you what it's like. And it was epic.
1: It, it was really awesome. Like it makes me, it didn't look cold.
0: No, they, now they wear probably five millimeter wetsuits or more full hoods. I noticed that the, the guy leading it didn't seem to have gloves on, but I think Ian was wearing gloves, mm-hmm. so you're you're bundled up. And I've gone scuba diving. I've done night diving in Missouri in October when the water temperature was 50 degrees, wearing a wetsuit. And once you're in the water, it's fine. Like that first initial bit where the water runs down the wetsuit is it's cold, but after that, it's all good. I don't I don't know. I don't think he said what the temperature was when um, when he was there, but maybe if Ian listens to this, he can he can tell us that. But what he knew he would see and what he did see were mostly big old invertebrates. So animals that don't have a skeletal system made of bones. So we're talking like he saw moon jellies and he saw some some different types of crabs and he saw a lot of sea stars. Mostly sea stars. Starfish? Starfish. Yeah. Lots of them. Sea starfish? Sea starfish. They <laughs> But but here's here's what I thought. I thought, you know, these sea stars are really really pretty. I did cover sea stars on the cruise geeks, but that's been a been a minute. So I thought I would do sea stars as our cruise creature this week, and I wanted to specifically do the sea stars that are in this video, which are ochre stars. And the and the thing about ochre stars and it's spelled like, o, like,
1: like fried okra,
0: not okra. That's why I'm going to spell it. See, I okay. knew it's more like if you're an artist out there, yellow ochre is, okay. a, is a color. It's kind of common. O C H R E ochre stars. And these stars come in a bunch of colors. They can be purple. They can be orange. Um, sometimes there are a few other shades, too. So uh, really pretty stars. They get like nine inches across. They're big, bulky things. They've got like little white bits on the top of them. But they're basically they're They are starfish or sea star, whichever you want to call them. I don't really care. But but here's the thing about all these animals. They're in they are in a phylum, so a phylum's like a larger group of animals, like all of the fish, amphibians, mammals, birds, and reptiles are in one phylum that we call chordates or, or vertebrates, usually is what people refer to them as. They're in one called echinoderms, which means spiny skin, or it's also called echinodermata, and here's how you can remember that, okay, whenever you see a sea urchin, a sand dollar, a sea biscuit, a sea cucumber, a sea star... You just sing this song. Ekaeno Dermata, what a wonderful. No? You're just looking at me like. Yeah. I, are you
1: going to, I mean. I haven't written the rest oh, of the song. Okay. I was just.
0: Ekaeno Dermata, they got spiny skin. I, I need to write that as a song, don't I? Yeah,
1: because. You should do the whole thing. Th- th- just, just the word.
0: It means spiny skin and no bones and.
1: Yeah, like I, I, need, I need more information about
0: it. Be kind, odormata. Anyway, <laughs> they are the spiny-skinned animals and Sea Stars, Starfish. It's like Key and K. They, they are big members of this this group. And so if you want to be a Sea Star, here's what you have to have. You have to have at least five arms. I have two. You can't be a Sea Star. Now, If to be fair... We would count your legs in that too, and that would be four, but still not five. You gotta have at least five.
1: Can I count my head as
0: one? No. Okay. No, you can't count they don't have a head. They have eyes on the ends of their arms, which is a little weird. They're just kind of light sensors. They can't like they're not like reading books with them or anything like that. Where's their mouth? Their mouth is right underneath in the middle. And so Sea Stars have a really interesting mouth. And uh and, and here's here's the thing. Okay, let, let me just say this. Sea stars have what's called a water vascular system. And what that basically means is they're completely hydraulic. They have a little a little spot, and if you look at a picture or if you look at a live sea star, you'll you'll see this spot. It's in the kind of central disc area of the sea star that the arms radiate out from, and there's only one of them. It's called their madreporite. And the madderporite is kind of the plug that lets all the water in. You know how you have like an inflatable raft or an inflatable alligator, if you're me, and you got to have like the place where you you blow it up? Mm -hmm. That's what this is, but it's for water to go in. Water goes in there and then it goes through their whole body and they move this water around and that's how they move and that's how they breathe and that's how they do all the things and the stuff. In fact, they have arms, but their main means of locomotion are these thousands or hundreds, depending on the sea star, of little tube things that are called tube feet. And they go down the the bottom side of all their arms. So they can hold on to things, they can move around with them. And then when they want to eat, this is part of how they eat too. Do you know what sea stars like to eat? No. They like to eat bivalves. So clams, oysters, mussels. That's not to say there are no sea stars that eat other things, but most of them are going after these two-shelled animals. And if you've ever tried... To, if you've ever found like a clam or something at the beach and you tried to open it up if it was still alive they're they're pretty strong right there's like a reason they're called mussels sometimes because
1: cuz they're strong yeah
0: and and their defense to keep from being eaten is to close their shells and then they can't the animal can't get to the soft parts now different predators have different ways around that if you ever find a little half of a of a clam shell that's got a hole in it that's from Probably either uh, a type of uh, snail that that eat it that way. It could be from a sponge. There's these boring sponges. I don't mean they're like really lame. I mean they're they bore into the. Anyway, <laughs> it's something something got it that way. But that's not how sea stars do it. What sea stars do is they're much more patient. So what they do is they 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 hold on to say the the clam. All right. So they grab onto the clam, and then the clam clams up. So they tighten. That, that shells together. And to do that, they have to tense their muscles up. So it's kinda like I always tell kids to make a fist, to make a tight fist, you can do this out there if you're listening, and just hold that tight fist for a while, and what's gonna happen after a bit is your muscles are gonna get a little bit tired and uh, you're just not gonna have the same amount of strength. When that happens, the sea star opens those clam shells up just, just a little bit, just like maybe a quarter of an inch, maybe not even that, and they move their mouth, which remember is on the middle bottom of their body. They move that right over that opening. And then this is the cool part. Their stomach, they push it out of their body. Their stomach comes out of their body. Now it's still attached. It's kind of like, it's kind of like pushed inside out. Kind of like if you take the lining of, of a bag and you pull it, pull it out. And then it's like inverted or extra. I don't know what you call it. But anyway, th- that's what they do. Their stomach goes in the clam and digest the clam in its own shell. And then they pull their stomach back in when they're done eating.
1: It's a little morbid. It's
0: not morbid. That's cool. Don't you wish you could eat like that?
1: No, I mean, it's super cool, but it's it's kind of morbid. I don't
0: know. I mean, if if I could eat like that, I'd have that pizza I waited so long for sitting on the table and then oh, and my stomach comes out, boom, onto the table, digest the pizza, just suck my stomach back in.
1: I probably wouldn't be as attracted to
0: you if you did that. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to eat separately, I guess. But, it, but it's pretty, pretty cool. Now, speaking of eating things like oysters, uh, there's a problem. So humans like oysters. They like to eat them. They like to put little things in them to create pearls. And so we actually farm oysters. And sea stars can be a pest. Like you have pests on crops, insects that eat them and stuff. Sea stars are kind of pest of oyster farmers so there's the story I've always heard and um, I don't know if it's 100% true but I suspect there's some truth in it and the story goes that there were these oyster farmers and they were getting sick and tired of the sea stars eating all of their oysters so they decided that they would get this brilliant idea and they went out and they caught as many sea stars as they could find that were all around their oyster farm and they chopped them up and they threw them back overboard they're just trying to kill all the sea stars. But here's the problem: Mm -hmm. they weren't paying attention in biology class. That what they didn't realize about these echinoderms, especially these sea stars, is that a lot of the species, if you cut an arm off, it will regenerate and grow it back. In some species, like the ones that they were working with, if you cut them right down the middle of that central disc, or even cut them into five different pieces, which with enough of that central disc on that piece, each piece will grow into a brand new sea star.
1: So they're indestructible. It's basically like the Hydra.
0: It is like the Hydra. Yeah, it's a lot like the Hydra, only it takes a lot longer than the Hydra. The Hydra always grows head back really right. fast. Yeah, so so you can imagine they just multiplied their problem and then they ate all their oysters, I guess, and they <laughs> had to go into some other career. But, <laughs> But yeah, so this is pretty cool. I mean, I can't regenerate anything except for fingernails and... Well, a little bit of hair, but that's about it. You know, skin I regenerate skin if that, I get that's cut. A good thing. We regenerate that. You know, but but these guys they can regenerate and multiply into into two two animals or five animals if it's cut just right. Pretty crazy, right? That's pretty cool. That's why sea stars are stars. They're stars of the animal kingdom.
1: They're super stars.
0: They're super duper star. Yeah. So anyway, there is your cruise creature for this week, the Sea Star. And uh, while we're on this underwater kick and and talking about snorkeling, we wanted to give you a special snorkeling tip this week. And this is one that um, that I think that a lot of you will find valuable if you are a snorkeler and you want to swim underwater, but every time you go underwater, you get pressure built up in your ears and your ears start to hurt. Uh, We're gonna try and help you with that and tell you how you can alleviate that pressure so that you can do um, what I do and swim underwater and spend time on the bottom hanging out with these cool creatures. How do we do it, Matt? So first of all, let's explain why it happens. Okay. So when you go underwater, you are increasing the pressure. Uh, The water is dense. You've got all that water on top of you. creates a lot of pressure. The biggest pressure change actually happens in the first like 10 feet or so. A lot of pressure change right there. So if you look at a picture of an ear there's basically two main parts to the ear. And those parts are the, the outer ear and the inner ear. And there's air in both of those. When you go underwater, the outer ear fills with water. And it, water is under pressure. And so it pushes on your eardrum, and it causes the air in your, in your cavity where your eardrum is in your inner ear to kind of get compressed, and it pushes up your eardrum up onto your bones in your ear, and that creates that pain. So that's not good. So the way that you combat this is you have to equalize the air pressure in your inner ear. So you have to basically become an airhead is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) But how do you do that? You can't like, you know, you can't stick a tube of air in your in your head and just like press a button and put air in there. Lucky for us, we have these things called Essation tubes. I think I'm saying that right. Essation tubes. You know what I'm talking about? The eustachian tubes. Yeah. That's where you have sinus issues and stuff that drains and all that sort of thing. And so we have, we have the ability to put air from our nose or from our sinuses up into that inner ear cavity. And when we do that, we can get enough extra air in there that it equalizes that pressure and it makes it so it's relieved and it doesn't like blow out your eardrums or anything like that. So that's pretty cool. Now, how you do that is what we really want to get to the, the nuts and bolts of. So, Kimbra has had some issues with this.
1: I've had a lot of issues with this.
0: So, we went to the springs a few weeks ago, and, and I was like, let's get you underwater, swimming underwater, and just when she went underwater probably three feet, and she was in a lot of pain. So, the first thing I will say right now is if you ever experience pain in your ears, while you're going underwater, you need to stop going underwater and come back up, okay? And then we're going to tell you how to alleviate that pain. So uh, we tried a couple things. The first thing that I had Kimber try was a certain method to equalize your ears, and that method is called the Valsalva method. And Kimber, tell us what that entails.
1: So the Valsalva method is basically you pinch your nose and you, you I guess, blow air yeah. Sort of, except yeah. Except your nose is pinched and your mouth is closed, so it's, it's not coming out of your body, it's going into your ears.
0: Yeah, and that's literally what's happening. By pinching your nose, your mouth is closed, I mean you're underwater, and then you're forcing air up into that canal and you're equalizing the pressure. Now sometimes that doesn't work for everybody, so there's some variations of that. So one variation of the Valsalva is that while you are exhaling into your closed mouth which sounds weird to say but while you're doing that you can do things like moving your head back and forth looking up can help and wiggling your jaws is is something that can really help kind of open up the the association tubes and get get that air up in there now there's another now that may not work like that didn't really work for you it did not because we tried that because I I knew to try that so uh, another thing that that you want to do is you wanna start equalizing, like even before you hit the water and, and try, this is what we call equalizing, by the way, if I didn't say that, like that, doing that uh, technique, trying to get your ears to clear is equalizing. So do that right away and keep doing it continuously as you go underwater. But the Valsalva and the modified Valsalva didn't work for you. So we actually came back and uh, we tried a couple other things. One was something called the uh, Toynbee, technique Mm -hmm. and tell us what what is that
1: so it's basically swallowing so it's it's kind of does the same thing but when you swallow for me personally it kind of forced more air like I could feel it I could feel my ears kind of pop
0: and you will feel that you'll kind of feel that pressure relief and you'll feel a little bit of a pop in your ears you may experience something similar when you're in an airplane and that's a good place to kind of practice although it's a little bit of a different type of thing going on there, but still pressure equalization that's happening. So this one, you still hold your nose, right? You're just yep. holding your nose and then you're swallowing. And what's happening is your throat muscles are sort of doing that work for you and forcing that air up. This can also be beneficial if you're really free diving deep and you uh, and the, the air in your lungs is getting compressed and so it's at a premium. And so you want to try other techniques. This is one that you can use to do that. Now. Another thing that can really help you is going feet first. So if you try and swim down head first, because of the position of your of your head and where your ears are, um, the way that air moves, it just, it just makes it a little bit more challenging to get that equalization to happen. So if you go down feet first and go nice and slow, then sometimes that can help you out as well.
1: Which is exactly what I did. So right. a- after the spring didn't work, we, of course... Jumped in the pool
0: <laughs> and right. tried it there. Yeah. And that was that was a good place to practice it because you had the ladder. Yep. So you could kind of take your time lowering yourself down the ladder and just really focus on equalizing the pressure in your ears.
1: Yeah. It was, it was nice because I could go down, like you said, feet first. Mm-hmm. I held on to the ladder so I could go down as slow as I needed to. And I was able to try those different methods.
0: And you went down to the bottom of the pool, which our pool is like six feet deep, I think.
1: Yep. And I just sat there for a bit.
0: Yeah. 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 So uh, another thing that we did to help Kimbra out, and this is actually something I learned from my buddy Charlie, who also has challenges equalizing his ears, is we got here are some earplugs.
1: Well, those aren't good, Matt.
0: Right. Right. Never use earplugs while diving because think about that. Think about what happens if the pressure is increasing going into your ears and you have earplugs, what are those earplugs going to do? (laughs) Yeah, they're going to go right in, (laughs) stick in your brain, and then... No, that would be really bad.
1: Yeah, but these earplugs are, like, super cool. They're called Doc's Pro Plugs, and they've got a little bitty hole in them so that doesn't happen.
0: They also have a little line that goes from one to the other, so if they do go in, you can pluck them out.
1: Not all of them have that, though, (laughs) but mine do. Yes, absolutely. So there's there's a... String ish thing holding them. Yeah Um, so yeah, you can pull them out easily with that, but they've got this little bitty hole so that You know the air can still escape the water can still get through Um, so they don't suck into your ears, but they they slow down that water from getting there So it doesn't cause so much pressure so quickly,
0: right? So basically it's it's making the whole process go a little bit slower. These were designed specifically for scuba divers So that is what they're for. So that that normally earplugs would be a really terrible thing for scuba diving. But in this case, they're actually good. And I can tell you that line is important, not only as like just a safety thing, but also I know I know Charlie. I've seen him when I've dove with him. Like one of those earplugs comes out of his ear or something when he's up at the surface. And think about how easy it would be to lose those. And they're not they're not super expensive, but they're not cheap. And then if you're going to go on another dive, you don't have it. But uh, having them on the line made it easier to keep uh, track they, of.
1: They also make them in clear. Yes. So, so I, mean, I got red ones. Right. For that reason exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so these are some things that you can do to, to help you out. But like I said, if you are going and uh, you want to go really slow, you want to equalize, as soon as you start going underwater, if you can get down the first 10 feet and you're still doing good, you're probably going to be fine. And I will also say the more you do this, the easier it gets. Now there are some maybe physical issues that would make it stay a little bit more challenging, but I know that having been somebody that's been scuba diving since I was 15 years old, like I used to always have to start pinching my nose and doing the Valsalva as soon as I went down. Most of the time nowadays, I don't even pinch my nose. I can pop my ears right now. I can pop my ears and clear them going down just by wiggling my jaw. I don't even know how, I do it, how I'm How i doing it actually. I think I'm swallowing or something. I don't even know. I just do it. It's almost like a, just, just a normal reflex for me to do it. And it becomes really easy unless I'm having some sinus issues. And that's another thing. If you are feeling pain, it may be because you're congested and you should never dive or even free dive if you're congested, because what's going to happen is you're not going to be able to equalize. You could damage your ears. And, you, and it's not, like, going to be a surprise, okay? You're not going to be like, oh, I was diving down 30 feet. I didn't have any idea. No, you're going to feel that pain. It's going to get worse the deeper you go. So just if you start to feel pain, go back up. Try and equalize again. Go back down. If you're too congested, just to, just don't do it. Just stay at the surface that day and enjoy your snorkeling experience from, you know, the surface of the water. Don't take medication and dive or free dive. Because what could happen is it may clear your sinuses and then you go underwater and then all of a sudden the medication wears off or maybe it acts differently because you're under pressure and now all of a sudden your ears are clogged again. Well, guess what? Now that air might not be able to escape back out when you're going back up and it's expanding and you can get some real serious pain. I've had that pain when I've gotten... My sinus is clogged while free diving because I had the mustache going and just water just shot up my nose. I went down about sixty feet and just like it was like a water fountain up my nose. And then I got back on the cruise ship and I just had excruciating pain that took a few hours to finally go away. So um, if you're congested at all, make sure just just don't do it. Just That's don't do it. it. Yeah. Another thing that I've I've heard is that we're talking about smoking. Apparently smoking. Can make this a little bit more difficult. So if you're around cigarette smoke, or or you're a smoker and you're having trouble clearing your ears, it may be one more reason to quit smoking.
1: So you can dive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, lung capacity. You want to hold your breath a long time? Huh? Smoking is not the thing to do. You know, if you're if you're concerned about that at all, um, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be like a the anti-smoking podcast, but uh, <laughs> but look. It's, it's just a fact. It's, it's, smoking is not, it's going to make your diving and free diving experience a little bit less convenient. That's all I'm saying. So those are some good suggestions. Let us know if you try and go underwater, if you feel pressure, if you try these techniques and strategies and they work for you or don't work for you. Let us know. Fintrastic, Fintrastic? Fintrastic? Fintrastic Cruising. at gmail.com. Dot
1: com. All right, Matt. We have gone way past our hour.
0: We have. We have indeed. Well, we had a lot to rant about today. We did. Yeah. Children. Children. Photos. Don't started. Photos. <laughs>
1: I think it's time to head for the horizon. Sounds good to me. Until next time, seize the day.
0: Have a fantastic week, everybody. Well, hello again. Thanks for staying tuned in for our little after the um, after the credits. Not really credits.
1: After the song.
0: After the song part. There's not even lyrics. No,
1: after the music.
0: When the music's died. When the music stopped playing. <laughs> when the dog will not shut up the entire time you're trying to record a podcast.
1: And you know, as soon as we're done, he's gonna lay down and go to sleep.
0: Oh, but you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna disturb him while he's trying to sleep. <laughs> Revenge will be mine. On Reno
1: Poor Reno
0: Poor Reno He's so spoiled With three beds In every room Okay Anyway (laughs) Moving on Look If you are listening To this on Sunday When this comes out Then that means That we just spent Most of Saturday And Saturday night With show special features Our good friends Roy and Amanda And right now Perhaps While you're listening To this We may be enjoying Alexander Springs In kind of Central Florida Checking out the springs, look for the YouTube videos to come out. Hopefully, they will. Since On I said Fantastic that. Studios. On Fantastic Studios. Absolutely. So, if you haven't checked that out already, you probably have if they're listening to after the music. But if you haven't, YouTube channel, Fantastic Studios, look for all kinds of cool vlogs that we are getting ready to put out there.
1: Absolutely. It's going to be a good time.
0: It is. Uh, just to clarify, yes, I know it's a muster station. I don't know why I kept saying go to my muster drill. It's it's a station I, I'm aware of that uh, If you if you caught that and you're still listening I know And also I, I know it's eustachian tubes I couldn't think of the word So yeah I think there was another thing too and I can't remember what it was Anyway, alright we gotta go So we can edit this podcast, pack up And get ready to go Reno's going to uh, Rover He sure is
1: You ready to go for your vacation Reno? Huh? You want to go on a vacation? Now he's silent. Yeah. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.